This is John Verveke. This is Simon Essler. Hi, it's Heather Prozac. This is Tom Luongo. This is Alex Craner. This is Steve Kirsch. This is Dr. Pierre Corey, and you are listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Friday. Hope everybody's week uh, moving along. We got uh, an interesting one on tap for you today. Now, before we get there, let's get to today's episode sponsors, Kristen McGowan and team over at McGowan Professional Chartered Accountants. They've uh, been in the financial industry since 2009. If you're looking for accounting and bookkeeping, business consulting and training, financial planning, tax planning, look no further. Kristen and her team are fantastic. I was about to say phenomenal. That's probably the right word. They are just so easy to work with. And honestly, I've said this lots. I just, I don't know what it is. I just hand them a stack and it's just like a relief knowing they're going to take care of it. And they do take care of it. And they do it with a smile on. It's like they actually enjoy their jobs. What a wild thought. All you got to do is go to mcgowancpa.ca to find out more information. And I always, I always have this note written in the, in the notes, a uh, kind of reminder. She'd sent this, uh, uh, to me, uh, right at the start, believe in the SMP show and supporting free speech and starting conversations. I think that's pretty cool, and I support the uh, I support businesses who think the same thing. Rectech Power Products, uh, they've committed to excellence in the power sports industry for the past 20 years. They offer a full lineup, including Can-Am, Ski-Doo, Sea-Doo, Spider, Mercury, Evinrude, Mahindra, Roxer. I guess I'm not getting on that Sea-Doo uh, uh, pontoon boat, boys, until August, because I'm gone. So uh, you can't worry about me hassling you anymore until I get back. When I get back, I'm hoping we can uh, pick up right where we left off and get out on that sucker. Um, yeah, because if you haven't seen it, get down to Rec Tech. They're located on the west side of Lloydminster and see what I'm talking about in the showroom. What a what a unit that thing is. Uh, just a... Yeah. Anyways, I can't wait to see that thing in action. They got a, a, a department, a part department that's open Monday through Saturday. The entire place is open Monday through Saturday, but they can get you any upgrades or odds and ends in, in the maintenance that you need. Just go to rectechpowerproducts.com. You can see what they got uh, lineup wise, plus uh, get all the information uh, there. Ignite Distribution out of Wainwright, Alberta. That's Shane Stafford and his group. They uh, do on-site inventory management. So if you want to make sure you never run out of it, what it out of whatever it is that makes your business roll, uh, just uh, give Shane Stafford a call, 780-842-3433. He can supply automotive, industrial safety, welding, and, uh, not and, <laughs> I'm going to change, I'm going to literally change that right now. I've, I've been skipping over, it's funny, you should see my notes, folks. Uh, I've been I've been skipping over this one thing in there, and every week, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you walk by this thing on the floor and you don't pick it up, and then like, by the fifth time you stub your toe off of it or you fall over it and you go, why didn't I just pick it up? Anyways, I do the same thing on my show notes. Anyways, he can supply industrial safety, welding, and automotive parts there. So much better. Give him a call, 780-842-3433. Finally, Patreon is back up and rolling. I told Tom Luongo, okay, I'm going to give it six months. Let's see what we can get cooking on. And now I'm starting to get some feedback from some of the people following me on Patreon. So look for some interesting things, especially over the month where I'm on holidays. I'll probably uh, interact with it as much as I can uh, and have a little bit of fun with it and try and uh, show some behind the scenes and and life on the road with the podcast and how you make things work. And who knows? We're going to have some fun with it. And if you're interested in that, uh, click on the Patreon uh, note in the show notes uh, or the Patreon link in the show notes. Yeah, holiday brain, folks. Either way, uh, let's get on to the tail of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at hancockpetroleum.ca. <laughs> Sean 
She's a registered nurse turned homeschooling mom. I'm talking about Shelby Boyd. So buckle up. Here we go. the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shelby Boyd. So uh, first off, thanks for making the trip in to do this and uh, and sit down with me. So uh, how's Shelby doing this morning? Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good morning. How far how far is Sedgwick from here? Oh, about two hours. Oh, yeah. So you, you got up in the morning early and, and hauled on it. Yeah, that's okay, though. How that's many kids you got? Four. Four. Four kids, yeah. <laughs> so you were happy to get out of the this house early. This is like early. a vacation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna I, get groceries after alone, and I see you have like Old Navy. Like I might do a bit of shopping. Uh, it's funny. I uh, I snuck out of the house this morning at uh, quarter to five in the morning Ooh. before the three uh, kiddos got up, and I felt bad a little later on, folks. I was like, <sighs> the wife probably woke up and was like, "Where did he disappear to this morning?" I had a bunch of things to get taken care of so that I could get set for this, and. Anyways, I don't need to explain that, but I, I, anytime <laughs> I, I sneak out of the house in the three, I miss it because I'm like, breakfast time is like one of the funnest times mm-hmm. of the day with the kids because they're, our kids are at least kind of like, not docile, but they're like, they're kind of, you know, like pulling out. We go through this like little morning routine. I love it. Like I love the, the kids in the morning. So missing it sucks. But in saying that, I, I assume a, a mom getting away from the four, the brood. Uh, yeah. A little vacation. Okay. You're, you yeah. had this marked on the calendar then. Yeah, I was not going to miss it. No. <laughs> well, today today for, for the listeners, we're going to talk some homeschooling. But before we get there, I mean, everybody knows by now uh, my my way of kind of like getting somebody to talk about themselves and, and kind of for me, for the audience, get to know a little bit about their background and, and things like that. Um, I was hoping you'd just, I don't know, share a little bit of who you are and where you're from and and, uh, and, and we'll lead into homeschooling for sure and, and break down some of the, you know, questions people have, what you're doing, yeah. et cetera. But before we get there, sure. tell me a little <laughs> about Shelby. So, um, I was actually born and raised in Cedric. I, I never, never thought, thought I'd end up, up back, back there, there, but hey, that's the most of us say that. that. Um, um, my, my husband and I have been married for 10 years and, and uh, I'm, I'm actually a registered nurse and he works at the tank farm as a millwright. And so we have four kids, um, in five years. Seemed like a good idea at the time, but no, we love it. Um, so my oldest is Four eight. kids in how many years? Five years. In five years. Yeah, they're 15 months and then about two years in two years. Like, Yeah, it was, it's fun, but it is chaotic. And how, and how old are they? Now they're eight and then will be seven, five, and three Whew. this summer. So, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're seven, turning six here in, uh, uh, in July, and then we'll be four in september oh so you similar just you just needed missed, one more we just needed the one more and yeah. it's funny but uh, i don't need to get into personal too personal details but we can have a, a fourth uh we had some complications mm. on our third which i'm very thankful that my wife is fine mm-hmm. and and our third is healthy boy but um it's funny at, at one i was done yeah. <laughs> at two i was certainly done at three for even after all the stuff we went through for about four months i was done oh yeah this is the greatest decision and now i'm like god I can go for a fourth. It's weird how yeah. kids work on you like that. Well, know. and that was, my husband was apparently done it too. Uh, I somehow missed that conversation. Uh, I told him it was two or four. I liked even numbers. And so, yeah, we have four, but that was kind of how I was able to convince him too, is you'll never regret one more. So. What does he four. think now? Is it, it's an absolute. Uh, oh no. Well, it's both. It's chaos and it's good. Like can't imagine life without them, but there are days where it's like, we do joke sometimes like, man, we would be rocking parents to two kids. Like, <laughs> 
we could just do this. And with four, sometimes it is a little. Well, you see, a, 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 you know, not to yeah. berate somebody with lesser kids, but you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, you got problems, do you? Yeah. yeah interesting. You sometimes, know? yeah. Well, it's it's even the, oh, the, I don't know if, if you've experienced this, but that like four to five-year-old stage, it's just so far every single kid's hitting it and it's just it's like drama and like everything they're flipping out over and melting down and we just got out of that stage with my son and then boom my daughter hits it and I'm like ah like it's just never ending so things like that but well, then we, we were happy we just got out of uh with the youngest we got out of uh pull-ups so yeah. he, he's peeing and going to the bathroom all himself on the ba- uh, you know on the potty uh but now he's regressed a little bit and he's oh. been peeing the bed at night. So yeah. we've been like, I don't know how many times I got to wash the bed sheet. Like I just like, yeah. Ugh. It, you know, you get past one thing and then they pull you right back in. Totally. But um, yeah, the, the, the attitude is noticeable and mm-hmm. um, that is, that tests your, 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 your patience and your willpower and everything <laughs> else. It, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, like, uh, just when you think you got a kid, die, oh yeah, here we go. And uh, they threw you a new curveball. It's, it's one of the hardest and greatest jobs all in the same breath. Oh, absolutely. And I find that with having the, the, with having them close together, but the wide range, like we're still dealing with some toddler stuff and yeah, we're entering the, like the school age stuff. So it's, Every day there's something, hmm. but it's it's worth it. And you mentioned, uh, I think, in there that you were are a nurse. Yes, a registered nurse. Yep. And so are you still working, or did you Very step minimal? Up? Minimal. Yeah. Was you so the homeschooling thing? Were you mm-hmm. homeschooler before COVID, or this came out of COVID? Uh out of COVID. Yeah. Out of COVID. Yeah. So was, you you were you were, you know like your oldest once again is eight, eight. right? Yeah. So what is it? That's grade two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you know. Going into it, you're like, ah, we're gonna put our kids in the in the school system. What what, uh, what area are you in? Ah, uh, well, uh, well, Battle River, Battle, Battle River, River School Division. Okay. Yeah. Initially, actually, when um, our daughter had kind of some sensory issues when she was a baby, very temperamental, and so I dove into research. I'm like, I'm gonna help this kid, and uh, I went into a lot of child development and figured out that like a lot of stuff was talking about how our school system for the early years kind of does opposite for our kids, like asking them to sit still for six hours a day actually isn't what kids need at that age they need to play so when she was about 18 months two years old and I'm discovering all this I'm like yep I'm gonna homeschool till grade three well then we have four kids (laughs) and I do love working and so I'm like yeah there's no way I'm homeschooling we're not doing this and so she did go to kindergarten um when she was five and, and that was fall of 2020 and um I had mixed emotions it was um I mean Back then, the K to three didn't have to mask, but there was still like it was it wasn't school like what I was used to. They could only play with their, you know, grade on the on the playground and things like that. There wasn't activities. And even um, later on in the year, finding out like I know and I, I get that schools were trying to minimize the risk and the spread and whatnot. But she talked about how they were told to hold their breath in the hallway. And I was like, what? She's like, Oh, yeah, we have to hold our bubble, you know, because we don't get to wear masks. And I'm like. Ah, like I didn't just feel really great about that. And she was actually a pretty anxious kid. So I was worried like, oh, great. Is she now going to be scared of germs and whatnot? And luckily it didn't seem to phase her too much. But I know some parents said that their kids went through like a terrible phase of like they were so scared of sickness and getting people sick. And and there's even I know a family who their daughter has some developmental delays and she hasn't hugged or kissed them in three years ever since this began just because it was it it, she you know hyper focuses on stuff and it became you don't touch people and so now she doesn't even touch her own family and hearing stuff like that I was like ah like is this what I want to send my kid into and then still with with my oldest um she's a, a typical firstborn 
fantastic rule follower. Don't have to worry about her at school. She succeeded, did well, loved academics, but she would hold it all in and then come home and absolutely melt down. And so it got to a point where it was like, we no longer get the best of our child. And she's only going two or three days a week and we're supposed to send her for five the next fall. And um, so I was already kind of on the fence about it. And then once they brought out some mandates, it was like, okay, like we didn't care to play the game anymore. Even with the, you know, when there was outbreaks, now you're doing online schooling for two weeks and we had young kids and it just didn't work. So we decided we would try it. Um, it still was, I was managing, I was still working quite a bit at the time. Um, but then the mandates came after me as well. So I ended up having some time off and ended up loving it. Um, you know, that saying, they always say that you're replaceable at work, but you're not replaceable at home. And I knew that saying and would often repeat it, but it never really hit home until I was put off work. And I finally realized like, yeah, I'm replaceable at work, but I'm not at home. And so fully kind of stepped into being a mom, a wife and homeschooling. And I still work uh, maybe one to two shifts a month, but very casual when my husband's home or some night shifts. So weekends and nights, and that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, the, the man, I, I feel very fortunate with our kids because just a year behind your oldest, right? Mm-hmm. So like they just, they, I feel like they hit it at the right time. I feel like yeah. our, the, the, the school where my wife works, um, is everything perfect? No, nobody's ever perfect. Sure. But I felt like they did, I, I don't know, as superb a job as what they could under the given circumstances. Everybody now is like, well, they, they should have stopped and they should have no. And it's like, well, I, I, I don't know. I, like uh, Certainly, if you go back, the, the amount of pressure put on different things and the fact that mm-hmm. nobody on the school boards or anything was, mm-hmm. was holding firm against a lot of things. Uh, the way they, uh, they handled COVID, although not perfect, I thought for school-age children, um, especially our children, I, I thought they were insulated as best as they could from oh, some of the stuff that yeah. was going on. They tried, for sure. And it's it it like pains me to no end to hear like the the story mm-hmm. of a girl not like hugging or giving the kid three, like you're like... Like that was no one's intention. No, no. one expected that to come out of this. And well, you can't... I don't think anyone some thought of, that some of the Some of the nefarious uh, characters might have had some intention right. there but i mean for the general population i don't think that's what they were thinking you 100%. know they were just like fear does uh you know yes. I, I'm, I'm a dune fan you know fear is the mind killer and yep. uh the amount of fear that was pumped you know for man i was i don't know you know i almost i hate talking about it because you can get trapped back in of reminiscing about the days of past you know it's you don't want to just um forget about it but at the same time to just live in that uh mm-hmm. the memory of how much fear was chunked into that time man it was a lot wild yeah. and that is what we're here today um you got me curious because i've been i've been not avoiding the conversation i, I guess i just haven't really been like okay homeschooling let's go uh and then you reached out and i'm like you know what Let, let's do this let's see let's see where uh where um where this conversation leads and, and, and maybe I'll find something. Cause I, you know, I, I always joke about this as a kid. I remember thinking homeschooled mm. kids were kind of like those, like, when are, why are they being homeschooled? And I thought this, the same thing. Straight, <laughs> but now, you know, like yeah. it's become a very popular thing mm-hmm. to do. Like I, the amount of people I know that are homeschooling right now is insane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I probably got a whole list of questions I can ask, but I, I, I guess I want to hear the journey into it and, and kind of what's going on in your area. 
Sure. So, so um, yeah, so when we did dip our toes into it in 2020, uh, there was me and two other moms that I connected with right away and, and knew of that were homeschooling. And since then, two years later, we've grown to 43 families in kind of our Flagstaff County. Um, we do have a few that are outside of the county, like Balf, Viking, and Amisk that drive to cohort with us. But yeah, 43 families and over 80 kids that we pull from um, to, to get together with. Um, and we've been very, and I almost think this is maybe a small town thing too. Just growing up in a small town, we know that there's services missing. And so we, people just pull together to, to make it work. And so, um, yeah, we get together weekly, um, minimum. Sometimes it's more than that. We've planned field trips. Like in June here, we went to the Reynolds Museum up by Wetaskiwin and they do some school programs. So we partake in that. And there was about, I think, 22 kids that came with us for that. And then we went to the Splash Park afterwards. We've met up at the beach. Um, just last week, they did like so you a, built a, com- a, community. a community. Yeah. And it's been like, um, and, and we're, and we're, Thinking of ways, like, what are our kids, you know, maybe missing out on and how can we provide that for them? And so I know for next year, we have already have more ideas. Like, there's a, a church south of town that has a gym attached to it. And we've been able to, um, we approached them and asked if we could, you know, come and do gym class with their kids once a month. And they're like, yeah, for sure. So we kind of plan on maybe teaching them some sports, just letting them get that gross motor play, especially in the winter when sometimes it's too cold to be running around outside. Um, we've done Christmas concert, Halloween parties. Uh, what else have we done? Uh, homeschool swim is out of Killam in our area. We're looking at doing some homeschool ski lessons. Homeschool gymnastics is coming to Cedric next year. Um, we're doing a book club right now, so we're reading the Wingfeather Saga and getting together and asking, you know, like questions, things like that. So when you when you look back at, um, uh, you know, pre homeschool mm-hmm. to diving into it. What were the misconceptions you had about starting this? Like, like, because yeah. I assume you 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 built a lot of things up in your brain, and you're like, do we really want to do yeah. this? Do we really want to take this challenge on? Do we? Do we? Do we? Mm-hmm. What? Tell me about Shelby at the start, and then some of the things you didn't realize as you as you walked into it. Sure. Uh, so definitely, the weird kids was one that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I myself, and especially when there was only three families in the beginning I was like I love them and they were there's about 10 kids all together but I'm like there's no way we cannot have weird kids if there's just 10 of us um you know at least a little bit weird um but then I realized uh socialization like I think we socialize more like I've actually had to say no to different events during the week because then we're never home and the house becomes a mess or we get behind in schoolwork so that's been great and then seeing we have like a wide age a range of ages so there's some people with toddlers all the way up to 15 year olds and seeing my kids interact with all of those ages is really neat um, and I think something that maybe the confines of the classroom limits a bit, you know, unless it's kind of those school spirit days, you're only interacting with your age group or what's on the playground as well. Um, I wasn't sure I could do it. Um, I was worried about, and I think with my husband's biggest fear was, are we going to, you know, put our kids behind? Are they going to, we put them back in in a few years and we find out that, oh crap, this was a disservice to them. Um, but I've seen them excel and it's actually been really awesome because my son, who's only grade one. Turns out he's awesome at math and he's already multiplying, which is like kind of a grade three concept. And because we don't have the confines of we're sticking to the grade one curriculum, we can let him get ahead with math. And you don't do have that. any background in teaching, do you? None. How how difficult? How difficult is it to teach your own kids when you do, when you, a you're not a, you don't have a teaching certificate, right? And then to just deal with your own children. 
Yes. Right? Uh, that's one thing I hear a lot of parents say. I couldn't teach my own kids. You know, I actually think we forget that we teach them from the day they're born. Like we're mm. just naturally teaching them every day. Um, and it doesn't have to always be book work. Um, I've actually become, have realized how many teaching opportunities I was squashing as a parent without realizing it. Like once the kids and I were in our hot tub and my daughter asked, oh, mom, when I'm 25, how old are you going to be? And I started to instantly do the math myself to give her the answer. And then I thought, wait a minute, you can do this. And so we turned it into a big math equation where she figured out our age gap and then started adding that to figure out how old I'd be. And then it became like this hour long game of just figuring out random ages of, you know, our whole family. And I'm like, oh, man, we just did a math lesson. And it was in our hot tub over ages, you know, doing some addition. So I think just um, realizing that and as well, I mean, yes, there are times like my son and I, we did struggle. Reading isn't his forte. And so we were butting heads at the beginning of the year. I'd kind of set a goal of, I want you to be this proficient of a reader by the end of the year. So I'm really pushing reading and, oh, he's pushing back. So, I mean, that was something we had to work through, but we kind of figured out like what works for him. And I also too realize it's okay to relax a bit. Um, I want him to be a lifelong reader. And so just because he can read at five or six doesn't mean that he's going to be a lifelong reader. Um, research has actually shown that if we push it on kids who aren't ready and don't want it, they don't become lifelong readers. They do it just because they have to, and then it's it's done with. So I'm I'm a research guru, so leaning into the research and and kind of just being okay with the flow of things has helped me kind of step into teaching my kids. Um, yeah, and just grasping opportunities. I did find curriculum that had like a teacher book like I wanted like a tell me what to say what to do and then a student book um, even our math program has like a dvd of a math teacher teaching the concepts and then I have a teacher book that kind of helps me to explain it as well um, so things like that because I'm not a teacher and I I want to make sure I am giving them the best opportunity that they can have so is this like where you sit now are you like oh I'm we're going to definitely homeschool all the way to high school. Like I, I know. Yeah. Honestly, I think so. Like at first, my husband actually too is like, a, we're doing it year by year. And then he, I challenged him to look into some of the research and he came back and was like, Hey, we can do it to junior high. And I was like, Whoa, what? Like, but then in my head also the junior high years, I'm like, Ooh, that seems like a terrible time to send your kids back. Like that's seems to be like the worst time. Um, so I think we have decided high school. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm trying not to butt in. No, just that's like, okay. I'm like, man, one of the things I've always said uh, that I wanted, you know, like, one, I, don't, I don't know why all, mm-hmm. I don't know why all people homeschool, but I know certainly uh, in the beginning with COVID, it was like, I don't want them mm-hmm. exposed to some of these draconian mm-hmm. things that are going on with children. And I, I'm like, I get that. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's a lot of the LGBTQ mm-hmm two plus two sl plus community and and some of the stuff that's coming through in that mm-hmm. and and people are just they're just done with it they're just mm-hmm. you know it feels like a, lo- a lot uh and I, I don't even mean specific teachers or even specific schools i mean more like the government yeah. up the head of education is no longer listening yeah. to what parents want it, it's and so a lot of people are pulling out of that and you know, the, the the conversation my wife and I have always had is like, no matter what you do, your kids are going to be exposed to different oh, yes. things all the time. And they have, you know, you need a healthy home life to explain and have open discussion because you're going to have to, like, I get exposed to like crazy stuff all the time. And, and I mean, they're now age appropriate, fair enough. 
so one of the things I guess in a long roundabout way is like one of the, my knocks against homeschooling, and maybe you can clear mm-hmm. this up, is I go, I want them to be prepared for mm-hmm. the world. And the world, although is what is two plus two and, and reading and, and, you know, and all these different things, the real world is, is, is pretty murky at times, right? Like it is, it, there is some strange stuff going on and, and being exposed to that, although age appropriate, I will yeah. say that, um, I think is, is something that I, I want for my kids because they're going to have to, they're going to have to navigate it just like I'm navigating it at some point. Absolutely. And the other, other one is, is I, I think of like how important athletics, you can look yes. around the room and see all how, how much hockey I played and everything else. Now, hockey isn't tied to a, a school by any stretch. Um, although I guess it is kind of being more and more, isn't it folks? Anyways, I, I look at that and I go, is that a big loss mm. for homeschoolers? Anyways. Yeah. So I, I actually wrote about both of those to talk about. Um, so with the, that was a, um, actually a caution I have for homeschoolers is not to shelter. Don't homeschool your child out of fear to, you know, I agree. I am trying to, you know, control a bit of what my kids are exposed to, but age appropriate. We, we are having discussions about some of this stuff at home because it is that they are going to be exposed to it. And I actually have found there's some research research that shows that whoever exposes the child to it first becomes the expert. And so I look at it as mm. I want to expose them first. So Isn't that, that an interesting thought? Yeah. So like if your child hears sex on the playground, you know, from a friend, they're going to go back to that friend with their questions versus come home to the parent is more likely what we see happening. So I want to be the one to expose it to my kids. And some stuff like I've, I've exposed some aspects of sex to my kids already. Um, we haven't gotten to the full on, but they know that dads have seeds, moms have eggs, they come together, you know, they haven't asked me how the seeds and eggs get there, but we've had those, <laughs> those prep conversations so that, you know, the birds I'm, and the bees. Yeah, from. <laughs> and I'm laying that groundwork so I become the expert so that when they do have that question, they come to me. And I do like that with homeschooling, there is more of that control because we're together most of the time. Well, and you're in, you know, teachers are in a position of authority. Oh, no different sure. than a hockey coach is, yeah. right? You know, and so yeah. there's there's opportunities for people to abuse that or sure. to inadvertently abuse it, oh, you know, just to sure. like to, you know, I think a lot of the time it, I, I like to think a lot of the time it is inadvertent or, you know, people have biases and don't realize it. Um, but yeah, so I, but I do caution, like there's actually, I'm in a ton of social media homeschool groups and there's been some parents who have were homeschooled themselves and they have said do not shelter your children because they were sheltered and they said that they actually had a big grieving period when they did get into adulthood because they felt they were lied to by their parents that like you know they made so much of some innocent things seem so bad and and it was out of to protect their children but once their kids got into the real world they ended up hating their parents for a period of time and yeah which is tough yeah, yeah. so it's you know you you try and do the best for your kid but but i do agree we can avoid these issues um we actually were talking about it just yesterday a bunch of us homeschool moms one of the moms mentioned that i think it was at their church there was a movie being played and it was more of a christian movie but there was a i think a kissing scene or something and she was like ah like her kids are younger and they're like, we didn't need to have it in the movie and whatever. And I said, yeah, but at the same time, like you were there and got to see it. And so now you get to have that conversation with your child, you know? So it's, it's not a bad thing. We can't shelter them. I, I agree with that. Um, I do think definitely more age appropriate, which is nice with homeschooling. We have a bit more of that control to control on what they're yeah, exposed to or even what their peers, like you can't, 
Like um, another thing too, I heard uh, it was the actually a birds and the bees course I took, and it talked about how the you age took a of, course on birds. I did. I did. I <laughs> I told you I'm like a an education research nut. Like I want all the info. With, how did you get birds and the bees as a kid? Do you do you remember? Actually, I I was missed. I'm a middle child of oh, five. Okay. And when my younger brother was, I we were like five years apart, and my mom gave him like this book, and I'm like, what a book. So apparently all my brothers got this book on the birds and the bees when they were like 10 and I, I got missed somehow, but I'm a middle child. So. I was I was 14 out fencing with my father and my older brother who was, was 17, yeah. my next oldest brother. And my dad was in his, not awkward, well, I, I'll, I'll say it was awkward way, but it was now when I look back, it's, it's this fond memory because the only bird, I was the youngest. And so by that time, they just figure, I assume that you get it, <laughs> yeah. which is funny. And uh uh, it is Meatloaf, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. For the rest of time, when I hear that song, I'll, I, I, I just, it's, oh, no. it's so great. <laughs> Anyways, he's literally saying, you know, just, we're out fencing, and uh, he's explaining to my brother who's 17, you know, like, your mom's just, you know, there's a song by this Meatloaf guy, you know, yeah. and, he, and he starts re- talking about the lyrics and what the lyrics mean, but he's doing it in a way that's, he's, he's kind of leaving it to your interpretation, like, right. you should figure this out. Oh. And the older I get, and the more I listen to that song, I'm like, man, is that a prophetic song, right? Because he's basically, you know, he's trying <laughs> yep. to do whatever he can to get in the girl's pants. Right. You know, and when he finally does, you know, they're together for the rest of the time. And you can, you can, you know, surmise that she got pregnant or whatever. And, and now he's waiting for the end of time. Because right. anyways, yeah, it's, it's, you go listen to Paradise, but listeners should pause this and go listen to Paradise uh, right by now. the Dashboard yeah. Lights. Because I mean, like, <laughs> anyways, I you, I interrupted the birds and that's bees, okay, but yeah. I, I just, I chuckle because that's, it's I, funny. There's a I birds and bee there is. course. Well, I and think, what does it say? Seeds well, and eggs and yeah, well, don't they, interdi- introduce certain concepts until they're no, ready? Or? No, they talk about actually introducing them earlier than what parents want to. Really? Yes. Because same thing, they say that um, kids are pretty smart. Uh, as well, I think as adults, we're post-puberty, um, so we have hormones and all of that. Kids don't. And so to them, it's strictly anatomy and biology. It's just how the world works. Mm. Um, so we add a lot of emotions to it that kids don't. But they, yeah, they talk about how they're going to be exposed, I think, especially in today's age. And the average age that a child is exposed to pornography is eight years old. What? And, yes. Yeah, whether it's by accident, you know, at a friend's house, on YouTube, even look at commercials nowadays. Like some things are pretty raunchy out there on, you know, we listen to YouTube music and even some of the music videos are I'm a little... Not a fan of, I'm not a fan of YouTube. I, yeah. It's such a great platform for how easy and accessible things are, but... It's, it's too in, accessible for kids. Yeah, for yeah. Ki- like they cannot... I mean, but there's very few places on the internet now where you can put kids where it isn't... Totally. Like one wrong click and you're on a plate like yeah i was thinking you know back as a farm kid i kind of like i was very sheltered from the anatomy talk from yeah. like all that stuff i had to uh, you know did you not have farm animals yeah certainly oh, okay. I, I, I guess that yeah. way okay fair enough fair <laughs> it enough. didn't apply it to humans i guess which yeah. i don't think yeah kids probably don't you know, you know like i just when it came to sex mm-hmm. drugs and rock and roll mm-hmm. i would say i got more on rock and roll from dad being a pink floyd fan right. and different things like but like drugs i remember in like grade seven there i missed a party and parents won't let me go to the party which you know you're upset about and the kids actually smoked grass mm-hmm. like literal grass oh my really yes <laughs> and i'm like that's what that's what yeah. age we grew up in yeah. right i the 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 porn it was like it was hidden in a bale mm. there was one magazine yes. at a friend's house that's yeah. hilarious that everybody laughs about now because it was this old 
I don't even know, Playboy maybe? Maybe the uh, Colby will have to tell me sometime. Hustler? I, I, does it matter? Because it, it just wasn't accessible. Yeah. Everybody jokes about the Sears magazine. Yeah. Right? The bra yes. section. Yeah. It's like that. that's what kids had back then. And now to, it's such now, a different world. Well, now, I mean... Well, I mean, you're looking at all the different devices and, and how mm-hmm. accessible it is. It's 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 utter insanity how yeah. easy it is. So to think eight years old, I mean, that scares me because yeah. my son's seven. I'm like, oh, no. Right? But at the same yeah. time, a, a person should just prepare for that, right? Yeah. So that's where they kind of even say, like, even at three years old, start laying the foundation to, and, and more so talking about, like, animals first and pointing out, you know, the seeds and the eggs. And, and if you kind of lay the groundwork to set it up to, you know, humans. And I, I do have a friend who, she said her oldest hmm. went to school at six or seven and learned a little bit about sex. Comes home, asks her parents. So they're like, okay, so give us a week. Had a, had a conversation, laid everything out for her. Great. Her other daughters, she waited till they were about 10. And she said that their reaction was much more emotional because they knew that they were that much closer to puberty and all of that and so she kind of wondered like well maybe it is better to tell them when they're younger because it is very much anatomy when they're little whereas when they do get older in the start of the hormones i still i don't know and and as a parent that's probably one of the things i struggle with so much because it's like i'm uncomfortable with the topic right yeah so to like in saying that i get it you know I would rather talk to them yeah. than some outside figure talk to them about it personally. Like yeah, to me, sure. then at least I get to control the conversation yeah. and, and, you know, certainly hopefully, hopefully then you know what the conversation yeah. is. Right. But well, it's and still then you get uncomfortable. To be the expert and your kid comes back to you with the questions yeah. again, uncomfortable, but they get to come back to you. Interesting. I yeah. don't know how the heck we got on this topic. I was. Uh, I can't remember either. I but was, yeah, but that's uh, that's what this course talked about. Oh, and they talked about how the age of your family is as as the, um, old as your oldest. So if you have a 16 year old and a five year old, your family is 16 years old, and so that five year old is going to know a lot. That's why more. they look. That's why they overlook the young ones because totally. it's like, well, they already heard it yeah. from you know, like as a 14 year old, I'm hearing what yeah. my 17. Yes. That actually makes yes. a lot of sense. So then, it, even if you if your huh. five year old's a firstborn, if they're sitting on the bus next to a five year old that has a 16 year old sibling. Oh, yeah, they're probably going to hear things that you don't want them to hear. And so that's where this this course kind of talks about. We need to kind of lay the groundwork. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting. Exposed. Yeah, that's, hmm. you know, that's an interesting thought uh, when it comes to comes to kids. Because yeah. you forget how much they're exposed to uh, bus or just at school yes. in general. You yeah. know, my kid, my oldest is is good friends with kids that are older than him. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. And you're like, so when now, now you're like, oh, what is he being exposed to? Probably yes. a lot. Yeah. And again, like you can't shelter them, but it is, I don't know, it's nice to try and keep their innocence as long as you can, I guess, in a way. But then if, like you said, even if you do have a public school kid, if you have a good relationship at home, they hopefully will come back to you with their questions and stuff, right? Whereas if if you're, you know, busying yourself as a parent, which sometimes we just fall into that trap, like we live in a very busy society and sometimes we forget to put in that work with our kids or our phones are in our way, right? And so we're not as accessible to them. But if we make ourselves available and have that relationship, there's still a way that yeah, they I've, can go to school and you I've can have had that this, with them. I've had this uh, conversation lots with different uh Oh, different people, but uh, we live in a very, when you talk busy, distracted is yes. what comes, like everything distracts, right? Like yeah. uh, the phone's constantly dinging, the, the et cetera, the et cetera, the et cetera. And uh, kids are like sponges. I see yeah. how, like my daughter right now, and I don't know where she learned this from. I mean, and once again, but mm-hmm. I go, she's being exposed to older mm-hmm. kids. So somewhere in there, 
or maybe it's a TV show. You know, I, right. I actually don't yep. know the answer. But she she's big on creating TikTok videos at five years oh. old. She and I'm like, and Mel and I looked at each other. Where did she get that from? I I'm not on TikTok. My wife certainly isn't on TikTok. My daughter did the same when she was about five, and same thing. We're like, I, we're, we don't do that. So I don't know where, but yeah, she started making videos of herself too, and be, wanted being like she. We didn't you know ever post anything, and it was just a video. But yeah, yeah. like. And it was, she was like teaching people things and like, oh, come back next week. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what, where is that yeah, from? I, I don't know. I, yeah. And I, I, it's so ingrained in pop culture now. I, yeah. I probably don't have to look that far to find the root of it. Yeah. And then when you say, you know, if you have a 16 and a six year old, your yeah. age is 16. It's like, well, then that's part of it too. I think that, that, that actually makes a ton of sense to me. Um, I'd mentioned sports. Yes. Yeah. So has that, that is, been, has that been a big struggle? That well, and that's where my husband initially said that he wants them back in junior high, so they have the option to do school sports. I said, yes, good point. And there are a few ways around it. Um, there actually is a homeschooler that I know of who is full on homeschooling and doing school sports. And so I guess for their school, um, how it worked out was they needed the players, and so they were they they easily took her. She had to get her own insurance to be able to play on the school sports because, of course, if you are with the school, you have insurance through the school. Um, so that was an option. I know Battle River offers, Battle River School Division offers an online option for homeschooling. So, or no, it's not online. It's like a homeschool option. So they send you like the kits of all the curriculum that you need. And because you're still registered with Battle River, you can apply for school sports and try out for them. Um, and then there is also a shared responsibility program with homeschooling, which is schooling that um, isn't very talked about. So you can actually decide how much school public school your kid attends you can say minimum 20 percent up to 80 percent and you do the rest of it at home so you can say i want my kid to go only mornings five days a week and you do the other the afternoons at home and so again your kids registered with school so they can do school, school sports and that'd be tough on a kid though wouldn't it i think well and i think too even with it'd be different with schedules because i some schools yeah maybe you have your math the same block every morning but some you know, they kind it of rotates. It yeah. So if you decide you want your kid to do math in school, well, then you might be running I around. E- I just even think from a, a parent teacher relationship, right? Yeah. Like it, uh, the teacher gets some part of the time and you're, uh, that, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overplaying. Maybe that would work really good. I don't know. But to me, I'm like, you're part in the school, you're part not out of mm-hmm. the school. It's, I, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be, to my mind, that'd be difficult. One of the things I've always admired about homeschoolers is no different than podcasting full time. Mm-hmm. If you want to go see the Rocky Mountains or you want to take a trip across Canada to give them some a, a geography lesson, you just go. Yeah. And everything is so flexible and malleable yeah. to what you want to create as long as they're, you know, getting proficiencies in all these different yep. courses. And, you know, one of the lovely things about podcasting, and listeners are going to hear this a lot in July. In July, for the month of July, I go to Minnesota with the family. Wife teaches, and the kids are young enough. They're not into, like, you know, crazy sports in the middle of summer. We got, you know, we never see Mel's family, so we go back there, and I can podcast. It's one of the great opportunities of podcasting full-time is, and with the technology of being able to stream everything. I can either do it in person like this, have the technology do that, or I can just do it online, right? And now yeah. I can go sit in the States for a little bit and and enjoy my holidays with my in-laws and my wife and kids and not have to worry about it. And one of the things about homeschoolers is this ability to 
I think from mm-hmm. from the outside Absolutely. looking in is it's, it's just so flexible. You want you want to go teach him something? <clears throat> go do it. I mean, now you got a budget and everything else, mm-hmm. but overall, like that's one of the things. And if you add in where they're like, oh, in the mornings we're going to do school, I feel like it takes away one of the greatest things it has about homeschooling. Yeah. I I agree. I feel like. More people who choose the shared responsibility program probably are maybe kids who maybe have some regulating issues. And so like a full day at school is too much for them. So that's the option to just do a half day and then come home. I feel like it's situations I know of are more younger kids, like in the earlier grades or same thing, they're just exhausted. So they only do a half day. Um, But it is an option if parents, if maybe they feel like they want to homeschool, but they can't teach chem, physics and you know, biology. Well, you can send your kid for those subjects and do the rest at home. It's, so it's, there's that. It's there's options. Options. Yeah. options is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 yeah Which yeah. is nice. But I, I, and I think most of us, when, when I've asked our homeschool group, like, what do you love most about homeschooling? It is flexibility and freedom. You know, we get to choose um, when you school, where you school, how you school, you know, a matter of some of us, um, like one of my good friends is very type A. It's like a, she, they have a set a time, a regiment. Yeah. And it works super well for their family. I'm more flexible. And maybe partly because I have some younger kids that if my children are playing fantastic together, I am not interrupting that moment. They can play it out and we can do school later on. Or when my youngest was still napping, I would often do homeschooling in the afternoon because then she's not terrorizing us. Um, so there's, yeah, that flexibility. Some, some stick to like a September to June kind of schedule. I choose to go year round. Others do like October till May. Um, yeah, you, how many days a week? How many hours? Like it's there's really a lot of flexibility and freedom. What curriculums you choose? So it's it's nice that way. Hmm. That's um. Well, this entire thing is is like a big you know like I, I the next thing that comes to mind is I'm like, can families afford it nowadays? Yeah. Right? Like, so. That's to, the like because you it's not like all of a sudden you start homeschooling your kids and all of a sudden you're getting a, a paycheck from the government for doing that, right? You do get a little bit of money, but what's a little bit of money? It's 900 bucks. Well, and there is when you choose homeschooling, you can choose either unsupported or supported. So if you choose unsupported, you reg, um, have to notify the Alberta education minister and you get no funding at all. If you choose to register, like you go through like a, a homeschool board. So like we're with Wisdom. I know Thie is another example. And they kind of liaison to the education minister for you. So they get 900 bucks and you get 900 bucks of funding. Um, and right now it seems to be sufficient with younger kids. I've heard, especially when you get into older children, it's not as... You know, once you get into the chemistries and the sciences, if they're doing online courses that are teacher-led, all that's more expensive. You just think in today's world how quickly yeah. $900 gets eaten up. Like, I mean, totally. for a full year, that's 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 a peanut. It's not even a peanut. It's a shell, you know? Like it's, yeah. It's, so, and then, you know, you think... Like right now, how many fam? And I know, I know people are like, but how important is it having the parents totally. around the kids? I understand. Yeah. But right now, especially with where you know inflation's at and all these different things pushing and pulling on on society, the cost of living, the fact that July first carbon tax, a second oh, one, nice. and all these yeah. things coming and on and on and on it goes. I don't need to get too far down it. You just go. Has that been an issue for families to go down to one income? Because I assume that's what's happening. No, there's working families that parents... The parents... Yeah, How do they pull that off? Um, So I know some nurses because, of course, we have... Sure. ...your schedules, right? So maybe you only are... You work weekends or a couple days during the week. So you just homeschool the days that you're home. Um, Some parents, they work from home, so they're able to flex their hours. So let me... So what you're saying then is... Mm -hmm. A normal school week is five days. 
Yes. Once you get past kindergarten, I should say. And what you're saying is you can actually do in the five days and less times. Oh, yeah. uh, compact yeah. it. There's a, <clears throat> like when I started grade one, um, there was a family who does from October until May and they take December off and they only do an hour a day, three days a week. Say that one more time because my brain was An hour was a day, three days a week. An hour a day, three days a week and? From October till May with December off. It's the the beauty of homeschooling is it's way more efficient because it's one on one. one. Yeah. Instead of dealing with a classroom. And I'm sure my wife could talk easily about that because they're dealing with and they're in, you know, in the Northwest School Division, they're dealing with smaller class sizes than the rest of the province. But I mean, like, you know, even if it's 14 to one, you know, or whatever it is, you know, like I think they're, you know, or 18 to one or whatever the the number is, folks, I, you know, I I digress, but you get the point. It's one teacher trying to deal with 14 different issues of 14 different kids. And when it's one to one, you just become that much more efficient. And there was actually one mom who she homeschooled during COVID and then sent her kids back. And her oldest, I think was grade eight. She, after three weeks said, mom, I want to homeschool because she, she noticed all the wasted time. And she said, I can get done, you know, and of course junior high, I think she was doing about two, three hours a day, but she's like, I can get done in two to three hours, what we're doing in school. And then I have the whole day I can go to work. I can horseback ride, meet up with friends, you know, you have that freedom to have your afternoons to do whatever so, you want. So knowing that you could be that efficient, uh, do you plan on having your kids at like, it, it, you mentioned junior high, mm-hmm. you're, the plan is to put them back in for school sports and that different thing. But walking into grade seven then, do you have plan to have them at like a grade 10 level? Or are you like, no, let's keep them, or it's got to yeah. be kid by kid. I think kid by kid, because I, I, I am one, I know some people aren't as, because the same thing, you have kind of two streams when you choose homeschooling, you can choose to follow the Alberta curriculum, you know, to a T and their objectives, or you can kind of choose what's called the, um, I think it's SOLA. Mm, yes, solos. So the homeschool education schedule of learning outcomes. And so it's kind of like you just have to meet these outcomes by the end of your homeschool um, journey. So right now we're doing the solos, but I, I'm choosing still to kind of keep an eye on the Alberta education curriculum to kind of make sure we're on par. But like I said, my son's getting ahead. Um, he's probably on par with language arts. My daughter's ahead in language arts, but on par with other stuff. Um, social and sciences at this stage, we're not as um, strict about just because I find when I went through the curriculum, a lot of stuff was repeated in social and sciences. So kind of, and I found like, this was interesting too. So my son loves dinosaurs at about age three and like that kid could rip off every single stat name, everything. And it, because he was so into it, he just divulged all of the information. And so I look at that with, you know, if I do some more science and social topics, when the kids are interested they're going to remember and retain so much more yeah. than hammering the information and forcing them to learn a little bit each year. So that's kind of the route we're taking as well. And I've actually had some administrators and teachers say, yeah, that's perfect when it comes to social and sciences. Well, it's, it's, it's um, um, you know, when somebody gets interested in something like that, yeah. like that's, that's uh, to recognize that early on is like, I don't know. I, I'm going to say really important because like as you get older and you're picking a career or yeah. an occupation or, you know, whatever hobby that you're going to try and grow into a business, et cetera, et cetera. If you can figure that out where it's like dinosaurs, I'm really into this. Yeah. You get, you have a, a good tra- a good chance of a, having like one of those happy lives that everybody yeah. stares at and admires and goes, how did you figure that out? Oh, I've been, yeah. you know, I was taught this from an early age because, you know, when when you look back at school, I was um, 
I don't know what it was in high school. I was a, I was a good student up until about high school. And then, you know, whether it's social pressure, whether mm-hmm. it's I don't care, whether I, I don't know, I, you're doing calculus and you're like, I, I don't know what the point of this is anymore. Yeah. Regardless, I was, I was like a 70-ish student. I had a couple classes that were a little lower, a couple classes that were a couple higher. You get the point. I was right in the middle or below, whatever they call that. I got to a univer- uh, college. And I always credit my wife with a little bit of a kick in the ass, but I also credit one of the professors, Professor Paul Shu, who's been on the podcast, Jesus, got to be years ago now, folks, but he was my history professor and he was, he like breathed new life into me. Like mm-hmm. I just, as soon as he started, I was just like fascinated and I changed my, my, my entire, like, I thought I was going to be, uh, going into psychology and I just, mm, I'm going to be. I'm going to go into history and I didn't know what, you know, I'm, you know, now I'm podcast. I mean, you know, eh, but like, interesting. but, it, but it, uh, searching out what you actually want to do is like really, really important. So many of us just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like jump at the first opportunity and, and then, you know, and, and, and get good at it and never like adjust. Mm-hmm. And, and then pretty soon you're 20 years into a career and you feel like, how mm-hmm. can I ever leave this and everything else? So, I mean, it's a, a long leap from, kid and dinosaurs to yeah. that but i think but that was actually um, that. my facility so when you with a homeschool board as well you get a facilitator who kind of helps you you meet throughout the year um twice in person and usually once over phone more if you need to and they kind of just like evaluate your progress make sure you're on track offer any feedback and she had actually is a teacher and chose to homeschool her girls and one of the things she brought up was she was like a grade one teacher one to three often grade one, and she said she noticed at the beginning of the year you'd get these very individual beings. They were all so different and unique, and by the end of the year they'd conform. You'd kind of end up with two major groups of kids. Mm. And it's just, I think, something that naturally happens when you're in, you're with the same group every single day, you know, five days a week. You kind of just naturally start conforming with where you fit in. And often I think all of us can relate to, yeah, there's generally two groups when you go through school. There's kind of the popular kids and then there's, you know, or maybe the sportsy ones and then there's kind of like the artsy fartsy ones and you kind of just conform into a group and that's where you stay. It is funny, the social pressure. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was I was watching, I think it was, was it kindergarten, Shay's in grade one. So I must have been kindergarten last year. It, they had like a assembly and so the kids from their class were all getting to say what they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. And my son said a farmer. Oh. And, it, and, and I was so, but he's never said it before. And half of his class said, said he farmer. wanted a farmer. And you're like, oh. Well, like when you say, it's like, oh. Because like, whether he wants to be a farmer yeah. or not, I'm totally cool yeah. with. But at the same time, is that actually what you want to be or is that what your friends want to be? And yes. And, and you're, Anyways, that's an interesting thought as well. Yeah. So, and that's part of the thing too, with as much as I've kind of changed too with, yes, I think the weird kids that, you know, I was exposed to with homeschooling, it was also different back when I was being, in my time, we didn't have social media. There wasn't as many people homeschooling. And so I think they were maybe a little weird because they were isolated. (laughs) In, in not all, but some that I know. Um, whereas now there's so many more of us and I find I actually want my kids to stay weird. Like they're not, I wouldn't say they're super weird kid, but they have their quirks. And I'm like, I want you to keep that. I don't want you to conform just because you're being bugged at school for that. Like I want you to have your quirks. Stay weird. Yeah. yeah homeschooling. Stay weird. Stay weird. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess a W, stay weird. Um, uh, you, you mentioned you, you, I think you said you had three at the start, three families. Two yeah. families, three There's families? three that I we for sure were connected with, yeah. And now it's how many? 43. So like... And there's more, like there's others that are inquiring and asking questions and have, you know, talked about they might homeschool down the road, so... Is that a pretty 
like I, I don't I don't know wild experience to just see how yeah. many families just over and over and like yeah. boom 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 boom. It's been exciting. Really? Yes. Um, I think because I I assumed that it would be difficult to find people, I'd be alone and unsupported, or I'd have to be driving to Edmonton to find people to cohort with, and just to know that we can stay within our own county is it's been really cool, and it's awesome because it's. I also wanted my kids. I think my fear when there was only 10 of us in the beginning was even with, I didn't like my kids having a best friend. Um, like when my son, my son did go to kindergarten as well. And he was super bummed because he wasn't in the same class as his best friend. They ended up splitting the class. And I was like, yeah, but I'm okay with that. I want you to figure out who you are without your best friend and to find other friends. You know, cause sometimes I find that when there's a best friend, they're doing everything together. And then if something happens, well, then they're a wreck because they have no one else to play with on the playground. And so, and as well, I want my kids to navigate relationships. That's an important thing I think even as adults some of us suck at is we're not going to get along with everybody. We're going to butt heads with people. There's different personalities and temperaments, but we need to know how to work together and how to figure that out. And that's been really awesome because actually my son had an experience where there was a kid he was butting heads with in our little group. And it's so silly because this kid is like, super loving a fantastic phenomenal little child like he just loves people and he loved Beckett like just loved him with everything but it was he would get in Beckett's space a little bit and so Beckett was kind of annoyed with that and he started being kind of mean and you know whereas instead he just needed to like communicate that he needs space and you know can I let's high five instead of hug or give me a few minutes but he didn't figure that out so instead he was starting to be mean to this other child um, but because we were homeschooling, I was able to kind of witness what was going on. And so we were able to navigate that. And we had conversations around like, he could be being a total jerk to you. Like he could be bullying you, calling you names, being mean, and he's just loving you. Like he's trying to be a good friend, you know, and eventually Beckett realized I just need some space. And so he started communicating, okay, please, I don't, I don't want to hug right now. And, and now they're actually best buddies. And I think like if that would have happened on the playground, I bet you to this day, he still would be hating this kid and they would have like a total feud and just nemesis. Yeah. Over like he wanted to give you a hug, you know, but it just, I think it's as kids, we, we have to learn how to navigate those it's, situations and it's, it's hard when there's no one around. It's pretty cool. Me, my, uh, once again, uh, Mel and I, uh, talk about this lots, you know, um, about, uh, parents involvement in their kids lives Mm -hmm. and how busy everybody is and you know well i'm trying to unravel my thought here but essentially like it's it's cool to watch you talk so intimately about Mm -hmm. your child's development and like life because you're around it day Mm -hmm. by day by day and it's you know it's funny i i say this all the time it feels like it's, it's such a traditional thought to be around your kids mm-hmm. over all the time and we all are so busy chasing well honestly d- trying to survive i don't have to say oh, chasing yeah. uh like keeping up with the joneses or anything like i mean to just go back to what i said earlier like the, today's world mm-hmm. is you know it's getting more expensive things are happening at an ex- expedited rate and you know to keep up with just making ends meet yeah. you're going about as hard as you can go and uh, more and more families, there's tons of great families out there, but there's tons of families that are, are pushing about as hard as they can and they don't know what's happening with their kids' lives, you know, mm-hmm. and they are being exposed to a lot of ideas that I have a hard time, you know, like mm-hmm. hearing about and, and dealing with and you're like, oh man, like that that's crazy and you think it's not happening in our communities, except the more you hear, you're like, it is happening it is, in our communities, yeah. right? Like, and I so think it's, that's it's, it's, one... cool to, it's cool to watch uh, and, or well, watch you, you talk yeah. about it. 
And that's kind of one challenge I do have is I, I hear many people when you say that we assume it's not in our communities. Because especially being small town, I've heard so many people be like, oh, well, that's not here. That's yeah. not here. And it is. We we have, you know, some of those trends of, of children in junior high that are unsure of their gender and things like that. Um, all of those types of things. And, and there's stuff in the curriculum. Like there was um, one parent who she said COVID was a blessing because when kids got kicked home in, you know, March 2020 to June 2020, she was able to see what her kids were learning. And she felt it was very much biased towards in favor of socialism, Marxism, you know, things like that. And she didn't agree with that. She said, no, like, I remember when I was learning about all of that in school, I felt it was presented in a very neutral way. Here's all the different types of systems. Here's examples of it. You know, we got to evaluate it, whatever. Whereas now it seems to be that there's more of this push. And I don't know if it's the curriculum in general. I don't have kids that age, or if it is maybe just the teachers in general, depending on the classroom you're in. But yeah, like that's a so it's where I challenge parents. Like, if you do have concerns that you know there is stuff you don't want your kids learning, or you are worried about, make sure that you're a pain in the butt parent and get involved. Find out what they are learning. Well, John O'Brien and uh, we for the kids' sake uh, group here in town, concerned citizens, you know, bring in different speakers. We had John O'Brien. Uh, and Tanner Naday, who's been a guest that I don't think, or I think all the listeners remember quite uh, quite well. And they just talked about the statesmanship of like, you you can't be an asshole to your teacher, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, build a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Find out what's going on. If it's yeah. something's bothering you, yeah. go talk to them. Like, and it doesn't yeah. have to be this, like, you're an idiot. It could just be like, listen, I'm concerned about yeah. this and find out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, all the teachers I've ran into have said that they would welcome that. That oh, they, they, they're like, yeah, we, we yeah. want more yeah. more parents to be involved in a in a healthy relationship yeah. way where we can try and explain what we're seeing from our end, right? Where it's it's healthy, yeah. uh, and you know that's that concerns me a bit uh, that teachers don't feel like they're seeing enough of that, right? Where mm-hmm. all they're getting is they I get think the, it's why teachers are burnt out because there isn't parent involvement or it's the wrong parent involvement where you have that parent that their child can do no wrong, right? And the teacher's always the problem. So it's, I think if we, we need a bit more of that relationship to come back yeah. between parents and teachers. You know, I, I noticed your, your shirt says, um, uh, this mama prays, yes. uh, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling because, you know, like, I, you know, when it comes to schools, they're trying, well, I think they, they're no longer trying. I think they have, mm-hmm. they're trying to remove um, I think, and I'll, I'll have a couple teachers text me and, and, and give me their thoughts, which is perfect. Yeah. But like, uh, it, to me, from the, the outlook of where mm-hmm. I'm sitting, remove religion. We don't mm-hmm. want to. We don't mm-hmm. want to talk about religion. We don't want to put any of that there. We want people to figure that out for themselves. That's for the parent. You know, it's it's interesting to me. In but one, is it religion or just Christianity? I know, and and so to me, I'm like. Because I like, there's new age principles that are taught in schools, like things like yoga, meditation. Our kids are learning all that in schools openly, and that's a religion, new age spirituality. Um, Muslims, I know in the past, I, I don't know much now, but I remember there was <clears throat> some schools where they would allow them that time to have their prayer time and whatnot, yet, you know, Christian kids wouldn't always be allowed the time to maybe have a Bible study that they wanted at lunchtime. So it's, I don't know, It's it seems to... Maybe I'm wrong, but it almost seems to be more of an attack on a specific religion versus just well, all think, of them. Yeah, I don't think you have to be too far of a tinfoil hat wearer to see, see that. that yeah. to, to see, every, you know, like 
listen, you can have your thoughts on Christianity. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. But when you walk into a school these days, you know, when I was a kid, you know, they talked about, you know, I, I remember a bunch of things. I feel like, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on this, but certainly um, there was a time of the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. There was a time of uh, um, maybe even a cross on the wall. Just, you know, yeah. you, you, you forget, like, just little things, right? Yeah. And uh, you walk into any school now, I, I, unless it's a Catholic school, I would assume. I there's, think it's all gone. I think it's yeah. all gone, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I think so. And and I, so you go, so why is that? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't. Well, and I personally think it's because, I mean, there's even, even you look at the family, like something like uh, Christianity specifically, very much treasures the family and the family unit and uh, the roles within the family and things like that. And I think that makes for a strong family. When you look at, you know, some of the statistics of families that have, you know, don't have a father, like it's, they don't, those kids don't do as well. Right. And, um, I think it's, yeah, when you don't have a strong family unit, the children aren't like, it's just, everything breaks down. And I think that gives, I don't know, nefarious people access to what they want. So. Well, it's another thing that I, uh, I, I don't know. You, 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 uh, obviously with 43 families, you tell me if I'm off on this. Uh, when COVID started, I found a lot of the people that were, that were voicing their concerns in the profession. So lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. et cetera, a lot of them homeschooled because they, they, you know, they were outside the system and they saw what yeah. the system is doing and they started speaking. And now I see a ton of people that are going to homeschooling are Christians. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's bang on or not, but uh, to me, it looks like Christianity, if you're a believer in the faith, and you're active in it, you're like, what is going on here? And why am I being, and my kids need to understand Mm -hmm. the importance of what I believe. And that's why a lot of them Mm -hmm. are being pulled out because they're looking at some of the stuff coming down the pipe. And they're like, I just disagree with everything that's being talked about. Even just there's no room for our values, right? So it's, uh, and I I even look at in society in general, there's been a shift. Um, How we describe truth. Like to me, it almost seems like truth is no longer objective. It's a your truth and my truth and truth is becoming very subjective. But then what's true? Like you have to have something that's an objective moral standard to compare truth to. Otherwise, nothing's true. Um, And then even the word tolerance, you know, like to me, I always felt that tolerance was we can agree to disagree, but we're going to tolerate each other and treat each other fairly. Whereas now it's almost like to tolerate, you have to accept and even celebrate. And it's like, whoa, like, so I find even the changing of definitions is concerning is, um, and I think a lot of, maybe a lot of Christians are realizing that too, that it's giving this gray area that if we want to teach our children our values, that's being challenged and almost being, um, well, being labeled a bigot or just, it's not allowed, you know, and it's like, and, and you can't even in a respectful way speak up about it without, you know, being labeled stuff. So it's, it's kind of that it's tricky. And I think a lot of people are seeing the writing on the wall and just feel safer, maybe being at home and having that opportunity to have those conversations at home. It's, it's crazy how, how far it's, it's yeah. like even gone in the last five years, let alone, I'm sure somebody listening to this is like five years, Yeah, <laughs> try like 25 years yeah. or whatever it is, you know, but it, it's, it's pretty crazy. I, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's funny if you, if you, uh, you know, what is, what is, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here, folks? Like uh, a rebel now is, mm-hmm. is somebody who <laughs> believes there's men and women, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, believes in, uh, honestly, marriage and having kids. Yeah. 
the family unit believes in 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 like christianity is Mm -hmm. all of a sudden a rebellion it's like it's so true it's it's kind of wild isn't it like uh uh we sat and listened to to brett oland um bank uh, ceo of uh bow valley credit union and he's been on the podcast too for folks i think you know go back to the four 50s i want to say 450s somewhere in there anyways uh he was just saying we just we just want to deal with your money we don't want to deal mm-hmm. with we don't we're not worried about whatever issue is going on in society we're not worried about politics we're just we want to deal with your money and i lean over buddy i'm like and that's a political statement in itself right there we just want to be you know we don't yeah. want to ram and it's like and that's where we're at in society yeah it's not like that that's a crazy idea you know like yeah. that that sells we just want to deal with your we just want to do what we say we're going to do we're not going to try and like yeah. push you into these boxes and, and try and force you to you know come along for the ride of whatever we believe in you know it's yeah. it's it's a strange I don't know. I say this all the time. Whether it's La La Land or Upside Down or whatever, we're in a society right now that is just, you know, well, what it what is what do they say? Pride comes before the fall, and it's it's like mm-hmm. it feels like we're kind of there, you know. I I don't know. Like who knows? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and I and I think it's there is families in our group that aren't actually i wasn't a christian when i first started homeschooling interestingly enough really yes interesting yeah so um so you've had a journey i've had a journey interesting interesting yes um but yeah and i i actually remember when i and I actually this came up in my memories when i was asking in the homeschool group i'd said okay i'm considering but wisdom is um the homeschool board i'm with wisdom it is um like a, a faith-based um school board sure they don't push it anything if you don't want it and that was one of my concerns was i wasn't a christian when we started yeah, and so you, i said don't be pushing that yeah stuff i was on like me. i want to sign up they, they're meeting what i want but i don't want this pushed on me and i mean now two years later it's a different story so so what happened uh, i think i hit rock bottom and was searching for truth and i found it that's how i put it that way what was your rock bottom then uh the covid mandates I mean, for me, being a nurse, um, I put a lot of my identity in being a nurse. And I always thought I would love being a mom and being a stay-at-home mom. And that was one thing my husband and I had always planned was that um, when we have kids, I would, you know, we wanted our values instilled in our kids. And so I would work less, if not not work at all, to raise the children. And when it came time for that, I struggled. I found out that, I mean, being a mom is a very rewarding and worthwhile, the most important job I will ever do. I will always stand by that. But it's a hard job. And um, especially when you're in the thick of it when they're little, it's a pretty thankless job. They don't even know the word thank you for a long time. And um, whereas when I go to work, nursing is a very respected profession. Um Every day, it was very rewarding. Whether I just was having a conversation with a patient and holding their hand, holding someone's hand as they passed, bringing new life into this world in the labor and delivery room, you know, helping during a code. Every single day, there was something that you felt rewarded for. And then you also got a paycheck at the end. So very, and I had lots of people in my life that were very proud to say that I was a nurse. And so having all that stripped away, I suddenly was like, what, what am I? You know, and... Yeah, that really led me on. And, and then it, um, trying to figure out, too, what the heck was going on in the identity world. Identity crisis. It was a big identity crisis, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of just led me on a, a journey between that and figuring out what the heck was going on in the world. Nothing was making sense to me. And, yeah, I found Jesus in the end of it all. <laughs> There's my moment. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think it was going to go there, did you? No, well, no <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, well, I, was, I was saying this this morning at coffee 
that if I um if you go back, I don't know. I, for for me, I just you go back however many episodes you want to go. It doesn't matter. For sure, a hundred uh, and any further back than that. I mean, like it just. There was a time when the word Jesus felt like a swear to me or yeah. like, you know, like I yeah. just, you know, like I, I don't want to bring that. That was harder to say on a podcast than any of your F-bombs hmm. down the line. It was just, it, yeah. isn't that a wild thought? Yeah. And I think of the the, the Bible in general, because I've said this, I think I've said this multiple times now. I'm I'm currently working through the New Testament. Okay. Right? Yep. So I'm just, yep. I'm, I'm sitting here going, this is what I'm doing. I'm, 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 I pray every day because yep. I think it's really important. Yeah. And I'm reading. Um, I try to read a chapter a day. That's I. I, I I'm not That's setting good, the, yeah. the. I'm not setting yeah. this crazy bar. I'm not sitting here going. You know, me and Tanner in a day had the argument of like, I'm aiming. You know, Jordan Peterson saying aims at the best you can be, and right. a Christian would say aim at Jesus Christ. And right. they're kind of you know like Jesus Christ is perfection, right? Yeah. I, yep. I mean that's that's saintly you know godly which know? we're sinners and we'll never attain but and so aim at aim at, anyway so we're, we're, we're talking similar yeah. things me and him except in different right. terminology right so I'm, I'm like well listen i'm gonna read the bible there's yeah. importance there i bet you if you read the the red letters of you know the, which is jesus words in yeah. the bible you could probably learn some things so this is what i started and then i quickly realized like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you don't know the story so yeah. then i'm like okay Let's start it off. New Testament. Let's just let's just see what happens. And the more I read, the more I notice the importance of prayer. Mm-hmm. And I come to this conclusion in Ottawa. I'd seen some things there that it just right. that just messed with my brain. Like I just scrambled it, and I was just like, something is strange. So I started. I just started praying daily. You know, nothing nothing crazy, folks. Like yeah. I mean, I you know, I I can't believe I'm talking about this. You know, so it's it's the journey of of one's life, and. So I just started praying daily. Simple, nothing too crazy. Then you start reading the Bible, and then you realize, you know, it literally, I I have to have this conversation with my mom. Hopefully she'll listen to this, and then she'll pull me aside to, you know. But, like, as a kid, I never understood why you pray a certain way. And it literally says in, and I can't remember, somebody's going to point this out to me. Is it John? Is it, what? it's it's one of the, one of the early books. Yeah. It's either Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It doesn't matter. That it literally says you pray, uh, heavenly father yeah. and end in jesus name it literally says when you're asked it, it literally says, and i'm like so why why was i never told that and maybe i was and mm-hmm. i just didn't listen to anything yeah probably i there's many things i was told to and passed over <laughs> so I, I i was saying this morning coffee i just that's all i've been doing it's all mm-hmm. I'm, you know I'm, I'm and and what i've found in it is just a little bit of peace mm-hmm. and like oh, yeah. a, and and i go it's pretty wild that that came out of that and it's pretty wild that I feel um, awkward saying it because I'm like, you know, Sean, like at the end of the day, what the heck does it matter what anyone yeah. else thinks? Yeah. I mean, you've literally been talking about everything else, COVID yeah. and everything. You right. got slammed around for all that. So at this point, it's like, so what are you doing? So, uh, I pray once a day, maybe multiple times. Who knows? I That's read good. a chapter of the Bible and what's that done for you? It's like, I don't know. makes me feel pretty calm about life and, mm-hmm. and it's opened some doors and it's, you know, when things are really on my mind, I pray about it and yeah. things seem to open up and, 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 you know, it's, I, 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 it sounds like mystical what I'm saying and I don't mean no. to make it sound no. like that. It's just like, this is what's been happening. I don't know. I, I, and I'm like, and I've been, I'm sure my mom has been sitting there watching me go like, you need really need to do this. And I've been yeah. going, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You really need to do this. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, and on and on and on. And here I am at 37. And things are just like, it's funny. For some people, Mm -hmm. they just clue into it at 20, Mm -hmm. 16, 12. I don't know. Me, it's 37. Somebody else is going to be 52. Another is going to be 72. I don't know. I don't don't know how this works. I just, at the end of the day, it's become really important to me. So one of, you know, I'm I'm going, I'm going off on a side. No, it's it's good though. It's it's the shirt you wear when you walk in. And it's, it's one of the things that I hope that I can relay at some point to my children Mm -hmm. because, well, I just, you know, I found it at a later, later age, I guess, but like, I didn't understand it. I don't Mm -hmm. even know if I still understand it. I don't know if I'll ever understand it but I can tell what it's doing for my yep. my psyche and my life in general, yep. which is pretty wild. And I had that too. I mean, of course, with the mandates, losing my job and losing my, going through that identity crisis, um, my job was threatened. And so I hit rock bottom and, and I went through that without, you know, my faith. And that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And um, after finding uh, my faith, I had my job threatened again. Um, and it was so much different that time. I... I had so much peace about it this time. And it's because I went through it with the Lord that time. And so I agree that the, the peace it brings is... Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the quote that I said uh, a little while ago. Uh, I'm, re- I'm in the middle of Romans right now. Yep. And uh, it's funny when you read something and I'm like, I can't believe that's in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, every time I Google it, it isn't what I read in, in the Bible I have, which bugs me, but you get the point. So here's what, what it says, Romans uh, three ver- uh, Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. Uh, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, mm-hmm. perseverance, character, and character hope. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. like So when you talk about like going through the, the gutter mm-hmm. and what you find out of that, like it, to me, I, I read it and I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes, actually it makes it kind of makes perfect sense. It's like yeah. written right there in the good book. It's like, whoop. Yeah. And I'm like, what other gems are going to find in this oh, thing? Oh, so many gems. You know, yeah. like it, everybody's like, oh, you got to race. Well, not race through it. Everybody's like, oh, you got to get to this chapter. And you got to this. I'm like, ah, I'm going one chapter at a time right yeah. now. And it's like. That's good. Well, it's it's uh, it's like, it's a big Lord of the Rings fan. You know, like oh, yes. get, I read all these, loved all these uh, nonfiction books as a kid, right? Like I just loved Lord of the Rings. It was so well done. And. I just witnessed this with with my kid. It was it was like the cutest, awesome moment ever. So we got a switch, and you know, like Mario mm-hmm. and, and yep. things like that. Anyways, as a kid, Zelda was like, yes. I loved it. So uh, I was explaining to him Zelda, and he's like, "Could we, could we get it?" I said, "Sure, actually, oh okay." And and like my kids don't they get little little mm-hmm. bit of game time on the weekends. It's yep. very structured when we have it, so it's very little in my opinion. You know. And we finally completed the game after it must have been a year. Like, think about that. It took a long time. And he was emotionally distraught because it had come to an end. And I'm like, huh, yeah, I get that. And so (laughs) Tolkien, for me, when I finished Lord of the Rings, I was just distraught because after you've finished a book like that, you're like, man. Now what I, now I got to go try and find a new one of those. Anyways, so the Bible for me right now is kind of like, you know, this will sound strange, but it's kind of like Tolkien. Yeah, I've 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 read it a ton as a kid. Yeah, and took nothing from it. I yep. mean, below zero. And right now, I'm like, I can't believe that's in the Bible. I can't believe that's in the Bible. I can't believe Jesus said that. I'm like, huh? What mm-hmm. else am I going to find through here? Although, 
at times Romans right now is really irritating me because at times it's really like slow mm-hmm. and you want some pace to it. But regardless, it's, uh, you know, I just go like, it's, it's, it's like one of those things where I don't want to race through it because mm-hmm. once it's done, I know people read the Bible all the time. Yeah. But then you you lose all these like I'm like what surprises around the next page because it seems to be like every third day at this point you find another verse and you're like huh mm-hmm. I just so much wisdom in that yeah and I read it in a different form from a different person and they literally took it from the Bible I mean yeah. like it's it's pretty clear to me yeah and that was one thing too I when I did you know find Jesus I I wanted evidence for my faith too and so I actually dove into a lot of apologetics and like evidence for the resurrection and um all of that and there's a ton even the like archaeological evidence that supports the bible like and i mean none of that's mainstream but there's tons and it's very interesting so if that's another rabbit hole you want to go down one day eventually eventually Eventually. yeah get to the bible first well (laughs) well, it's funny i i i I, uh you know i i talk about the different iterations of the podcast you know like it started out very community focused then sports then covid then politics and it's slowly taken on this shape where I'm not a, I'm not afraid of the religious mm-hmm. conversation. I know some people don't enjoy it. I've, I've heard that. And, and some people love it and want you to do more of it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It, it just presents itself. Yeah. That's, that's a simple. I, I didn't look at, you know, I'm homeschooling. Yeah. And then you walk <laughs> in, I'm like, well, we're going to talk about that at some point. Right. Oh. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, and as far as the journey goes for anyone, it's, it's just, it's wild because I think one of the the crazy things, you know, everybody points at all the harm COVID brought. Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I go, although true, there has been a mass migration back to what I consider traditional values, yeah. which is, in a sense, Christianity. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, and it's wild because I run into people all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I found true. Jesus yeah. in the middle of COVID and you're like... <laughs> What a strange thing to say, except if you get it, you get it. It's, you know, it's, 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 you're not the only one. It does not surprise me. And on and on these conversations go and they just begin, continue to happen. And it's almost, I don't know why I even think it's wild anymore. It's just, it is what, it's just another thing. It's not mainstream. It's yeah. So it is wild. It's we're rebel, like rebels. Like you said, you think you're a rebel? I well probably. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I got myself in trouble more than once during COVID. So yes, I'm probably a rebel. <laughs> what did you get in trouble for in the middle of COVID? Oh, I don't know if I... Oh boy. Um, well, just, I mean, not going against the grain, even with the mandates and things like that, right? I'm a healthcare worker. I wasn't supposed to do that. And um, yeah, just had my opinions about things and shared them. So can't have that either. What do you think of the? Uh, I know I'm pulling you off. Uh, I, That's okay. I, I should yeah. I should I should think of the the time and go. Is it before I um, get out my thought? Uh, is there anything on homeschooling you want to make sure people know? Because otherwise, I'm going to do this little sure. dance where I take you on a little journey again. And okay. we've been so. If there's something that you, that I've skated over, or you're like, I think people should know this. Um, by all means, uh, the floor is yours. Cause I, sure. I do want to make sure if there is people interested in it and they want to, you know, have resources or they, you know, any fears they have, you know, if there's, there's a fear that I haven't brought up because certainly, you know, I, I think you've done a very, very I think good we've job. touched on most of it. Um, one thing I did 
want to say is um, prepared to be judged and criticized. Um, and even by people close to you that you you wouldn't expect it from. And I think it just because it is different and people don't understand it. And they do worry, oh, you're going to have the weird kids or they're going to miss out. And there is so much blessing in it if you allow it. And um, same with lots of people say that I, I can't do it. There's no way I could do it. And there totally is. The The thing is, is I recommend not trying to make public school at home. You have the freedom to be flexible and make it what you want. So do what works best for you and your family. Find that and and be afraid to make mistakes and figure out something else. And there's beauty in that. Um, but yeah, and, and I think too, um, well, and one thing, I, I guess maybe this is my one little peeve. I want to just get it out there. So often I've had people ask my kids, oh, what did you learn today? And of course they say nothing. If you ask a public school kid the same question, what do they say? Nothing. Nothing. Actually, it's it's the most infuriating thing of being yes. a parent and being like, so what did you learn at school today? I don't know. You're like, what? And then if you get them around the right person, they pull out this huge story. And you're like, why couldn't you tell me that? Yep. Isn't that a wild thing for totally. a Totally. Yeah. But that's, and it's the same thing happens with homeschoolers. People will be like, well, what'd you learn today? Nothing. Then they go, oh, mm. Then they're judging me thinking I'm not teaching them anything. And I'm like, go ask a public school, the same kid, the same question and you'll get the same answer. So just, was it, were, were you ready for that or was that a hard thing to adjust to? It was, people? it was hard. Yeah. I did not expect the, um. Yeah, the scrutiny, the uh, criticism, yeah, yeah. the the just even and looking just even down. the elephant in the room. A lot of people just didn't want to bring it up. It was just like they knew we were homeschooling, but it was like we're not going to talk about it because it was it was awkward to them. So I'm I'm a pain in the butt, and I you know I made sure it got brought up, but um, I kind of made them get uncomfortable. And but it's and then too also there was some people who did ask questions, but it maybe came off very kind of rude or judgy. But then I realized, hey, they're asking questions like. They could just, you know, go talk behind my back about, oh, she's decided to homeschool, but at least they're asking questions. And so then just giving them that grace and, and taking advantage of that situation and and starting to talk about it. And But just overall, I think no matter what people decide, whether it is public school, private school, homeschool, whatever you choose, we all want the best for our kids. And so just kind of keeping that in mind that it's that's the reason why people are homeschooling. There's a vast reason. We actually, you know, we had some people who, of course, were – anti-mandate and restrictions and all this COVID stuff. But then there was people in our group who homeschooled because they were fearful of COVID and there wasn't enough being done in schools, according to them. So that's why they chose to homeschool. Um, Same with there's people who are atheists, people who are Christians. There's a vast range of reasons why people do it. But we all just want the best for our kid is... Is the is the core yeah, value? Core value, which I, would I think say. you know all of humanity would probably so. agree with, right? We just want I what's best so. for our kids, and we get stuck on who's right. Oh, for right? sure. Which which for view sure. is the correct one? Because no one wants to make a mistake, and if if someone else has it right, we might have it wrong, I guess. But um, yeah, and then I guess um, make sure I went through. Oh, one thing I do love about homeschooling is the sibling relationships. Um, my older two have really great relationships with my younger kids that they totally wouldn't have if they were in school because they'd be gone five days a week. And so my eight-year-old will play with our almost three-year-old, you know, for hours on end. And I don't think they would have had that same relationship if they were gone. So I, I love that and think that that's such a fruitful thing that's come out of it. Focusing on life skills, like my kids have a lot of responsibility. They do the laundry, the dishes, all that stuff, but they're home. They can do it. Um, so I think that's awesome. And I think that'll better prepare them for real life, which there is some research that shows that, um, homeschool kids are better prepared for life. And there's actually universities who would prefer to have 
um, accept a homeschool kid over a public school kid just because they do find that they are better prepared for that transition. Um, They're more likely to stick with it and graduate. I think it's about 10% higher. They are more likely to finish university compared to a public school kid. Mm. Um, So just things like that are, but I mean, that's not always like it's, you know, that's, yeah. It's, uh, you know, um, responsibility for kids. That's, that's, um, Mm -hmm. it's interesting, you know, like, uh, so my wife hates cleaning toilets. Okay. That's fair. And to me, and to me, I'm like, boys should have to do it. You guys are terribly dirty when it comes to your aim can be off. Sorry. And and it's funny, (laughs) uh, certainly with the young ones I'd agree, but I I think I'm more particular around a toilet than, than most women, you know, like, like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy like I'm not sitting here saying I'm cleaning it every day, <laughs> no. but I don't enjoy yeah. like a. Anyways, long. So people are like, "Oh, clean a toilet." I'm like, "It's it's like it's a toilet, folks. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal." And I got my seven year old clean mm-hmm. excited to clean the toilet with me, and I'm like, "Oh man, it's this my is world's favorite thing to do." I'm like, "This is this is interesting." My yep. daughter loves folding laundry with yep. her mother. I'm like, yep. "This is interesting." And fine. And then this recently we had, uh, uh, well, there was a we. Um, helped facilitate i shouldn't say we put on we got asked to help facilitate an event in lashburn with two uh two doctors coming through and uh 271 chairs i think we set up anyways i got there early with the kids because i couldn't be there that night so picked up the kids and said hey we're gonna go set up a a hall and they're like well what's a hall and i'm like oh um Mm -hmm. well okay so then telling them and and then bring them in they're like oh my god well it's almost like a big giant gymnasium when there's nothing there so well we got to set up chairs and they helped me Mm -hmm. set up 271 chairs they were over the moon about it oh yeah i'm like this is also very interesting kids love to help yeah and actually i would say as a parent you know one of the things i've had to like retrain my brain on is like Mm -hmm. sometimes i don't want their help because i can just do it faster and it's easier and it's eh, but I'm like, but what am I teaching them? Yeah. That, you know, somebody's going to do all the work, you know? And, and yeah. so like one of them is like unloading the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. My three-year-old loves it yes. to death. Drives me nuts. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, licking the, sp- and he's just like, <laughs> no. This, anyways, you get the point. Yep. And yet, it's like, that's cool that he mm-hmm. wants to be a part of something so mundane that all of us adults look like I got to do this yep. and I don't want to. And kids just look at it with a different set of glasses essentially right they come into a yeah. different view and they just and want to be a part of it the behavior in our home has improved since making really? them do chores oh yeah and especially is for that because they all feel a part of it yeah i think so they're, they feel like they have a place in the family and i think my my son was one because they're only 15 months apart my oldest too and my oldest being a typical rule follower like you could ask her to do anything and she'd do it she was super helpful right from the get-go my son's just a typical second-born boy like he's just you know, very more wing it. And so we often gave all the responsibility to my oldest, not realizing how it harmed him. Like he noticed that he wasn't getting responsibility. And so he just naturally thought, well, I'm not helpful. I'm not good enough and this and that. And so with giving him more responsibility, his behaviors have improved in the home. Yeah. Which who would have thought? And we've even had some of our, we had some friends' kids sleep over. And at first they were like, we're like, okay, yeah, it's, you know, we've got to do our bedtime chores. And they're like, what? And they were kind of annoyed. And then all of a sudden the next morning they were like, yeah, can we help you do the dishes? And we're like, sure. Like, but yeah, I think they just, you just feel part of the home when you get to do it with. Well, and it, it's, it's awkward. Uh, I could imagine that, um, well, best friend growing up, uh, they always did the dishes after uh, after a meal, mm-hmm. and and mom always did like so the the boys never had to do that. Right. Yep. 
And so uh, going to to their family and and it was awkward. But as soon as you got over the awkward mm-hmm. moment, doing the dishes was like totally cool. And it was yeah. like this, you know, like I, they hated it. it. And you and it's it's weird that you say that because yeah. It, yeah, it really uh, you're reminding me of some memories this morning that I hadn't really thought about for for some time. That uh, yeah, like you you almost get you almost have to get your hands in the in the the dishwater mm-hmm. and get and 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 pull your weight and pulling your weight yeah. is like a really confidence building thing Big i time. hadn't really thought about it that much yeah yeah so it actually it's it's really good um i think i think i've touched on well then here th- this is where we'll end we'll end with the crude master final question okay which which um has been uh i've been due to dale wilker Shout out to Dale. I've changed it for a little while here. And it's, what's next for Shelby? And this could be homeschooling. Mm-hmm. This could be life. This could be wherever you want it. And uh, if there is a way that the audience or we can help, is there something we can do? Either way. Oh, what's next? What's next? Um, I don't know. I think just trucking along. I'm, I'm realizing that this is a short season that well, I'm in. Why, why, I'll, 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 I'll change it then. Okay. Why did you think it was so important to come talk about homeschooling? I think because I, it was a struggle having um, those judgments and, and criticizing that um, I wanted to maybe help people understand that more about it. Um, and I know, <clears throat> I know lots of people, I've had many people reach out to me in the past, you know, probably since March other families in the area being like, hey, I really want to homeschool, but I don't think I can do it. Or I'm scared to jump into it. You know, what's it like? And so I just, I guess for information for those families, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to answer people's questions when they do message me, but it makes me think of who's not asking, you know, that's out there. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get the information out to people that to know that this is a very doable lifestyle and it's very flexible it's, you know, you can make it what you want. Do it for a period. Do what it is forever. The, what is your biggest, you know, you, I think you've painted a very good picture of like, this is doable. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and it can be affordable if you, you know, when you talk about the flexibility and working, you still work, you can still do a bunch of things. Oh, and I should note that there are people who do, especially in the city, there's like parent-led pods where they take turns teaching each other's kids. Um, so then that way parents can still work because you just would drop your kids off at a parent's house and they're going to do the teaching that day or well, even teacher led pods yeah. where you pay for a teacher, pay, pay for a teacher. Yeah. And there's a couple of those in the area that I yeah. know about where a teacher is taken on kind of like the one room schoolhouse game, yep. the yep. idea of, 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 of that. What's one thing, you know, you paint this picture of like, not that I'm trying to say that you make it, it's all sunshine and rainbows, right? It's easy. You'll get it and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What's one of the things you, you struggle with and you should, and, and people moving into, mm-hmm. let's say they're going to explore this idea. Like, just be careful because of X. I personally am very much a perfectionist kind of all or nothing personality. And so I kept thinking that I'm going to find this right routine and it's just going to flow and it's going to, it's going to, we're going to have it. It's going to be made. And I've realized that no, it's always going to be, I mean, of course it's always going to change. Look at children change every year. It's changing. So just realizing to kind of let up and have a bit more flexibility with like, it's okay to adjust our plan throughout the year for the next year, even each day and just kind of going with the flow a bit more. 
Well, I appreciate you uh, coming in and doing this and yeah. uh, sitting and having a chat. It's been enjoyable as, uh, you know, uh, as of never actually meeting you before, you know, yeah. sitting down and, <laughs> and have, having a co- just jumping straight into it, you know. So I appreciate you you, you making the drive. And, uh, well, I once again, I don't know when we meet again. I'm sure it will happen. And uh, I look forward to the next time we uh, get to have a chat. Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me on. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Today's episode has been brought to you by CalRock Industries. With new used and refurbished oil and gas equipment in stock, CalRock is your best bet when it comes to finding equipment that fits your needs, is within your budget, and is ready as soon as you need it. They can even custom manufacture tanks and other equipment for your specific application. They're located here in Lloydminster, but I'm sure they can serve you wherever you are at. All you got to do is go to calrock.ca for more information. I also want to remind people that Patreon, I just started posting back on it. Uh, We're going to give her a go here for the next six months. So if you want to go down in the show notes, you can click on that. Feel free to support. Don't support. It's behind a paywall. So uh, the money is coming back to the podcast. And we got a little behind the scenes uh, action happening there. So love to see and hear your guys' comments on that. Either way, we'll catch up to you on the next episode.